welcome back to another episode of These Are the Voyages. I'm the captain, Captain Chase McKinney, and back, fresh from the pleasure planet himself, Commander Eric, and also our dear and amazing Strategic Operations Officer, Lieutenant Commander David. How are you, fellas? What's happening in your corner of the Alpha Quadrant? Back from the pleasure planet. Yeah, you are. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's I don't have anything to say. I already talked to Chase yesterday, so it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It was a good time, right? Yep. I had a good time. We talked right? all about it. I hope you gentlemen had a good time. It was all right. And enjoyed yourself. It was all right. It was all right. It was I. It was I. It was I. Chase is uh, permanently scarred. Wait, what permanently scarred Chase? Did I miss something? Probably a lot, right? Because I was busy. Yeah, you were. Um, <laughs> no, there are just some... I always talk about this whenever we, we did the, the last episode um, discussion, but there are just some things that I wish that I could unsee from Bourbon Street. That's it. Uh, I, I, I know what you're talking about because you <laughs> told me about it, and I had seen it the night before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, 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 yep. <clears throat> well, hey, you know, that's, uh, you know, party town, right? Apparently. People got to do their thing. Boy, do they. Boy, do they. <laughs> well, <clears throat> glad to have you back, Eric, uh, back here um, talking Trek with us. Um, how's, um, I know it's only been a couple days, but um, how's the first uh, week or so of of uh, being a married man, being off the market. Yeah, well, pe- people have been asking me, do you feel different? Does it feel different? It's like, no. <laughs> I don't know, like, am I supposed to feel different? Um, I mean, I don't know. Like, it, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what. It, it did feel strange going back to work. Not like that I was going back to work, but the fact that I had spent, what, all day Tuesday, all day Wednesday, all day Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and so like seven days in a row. Come on, you're the math six guy. Six days, six days in a row. Seven, because Monday, right? Yeah, I yeah. don't think I included that. Seven days in a row, like we were. I basically spent it, like with Raquel the entire time, and then so like going back to work, and I'm like, I'm not with her anymore. I was like, dang, I miss her like a lot. Dang. Like I really miss her. Yeah. All right, Chase, <laughs> break out the sound effect. Whoops. <laughs> oh, stop it. <laughs> Do I have that sound effect? <clears throat> I don't think you have that sound effect. <laughs> Unless you've changed. You can add it in post. <laughs> hmm. No, I got this. Hold on. Oh. No. Couldn't hear anything. <laughs> no, he heard it. I heard it. I didn't hear it. Oh boy. Okay. Technical difficulties, boys. Oh. There's a there's a glitch. It's fine. Stop. Anyway, anyway, nothing feels different. But we're just we're enjoying the first week of married life, right? I I came home and I said. Hello, wife. For the, I got to say that for the first time when I came home from work, right? 
to come home to my wife from work for the first time. There we go. There we that go. That was special. So, <clears throat> the thing that, I mean, I think there's a missed opportunity there, Eric. Like, you know, you said, hello, wife. You know, you could have, like, gone all, like, Jackie Gleason, like, honeymooner style, maybe. You know, something else from the 50s, like, honey, I'm home. Oh, I, I do that occasionally. I come home and I go, Wilma. Bro, I don't know if that's a dude you want to mar- you want to model your marriage after. I'm just saying. <laughs> like Fred Flintstone. It's funny. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, all right. Well, <clears throat> cool beans, cool beans. Well, anything else we need to talk about? I mean, did you guys have a good time? The the best. Yeah. Okay. Wait, are we yeah. talking about are we talking about the last there. discussion or are we talking about the wedding? <clears throat> the wedding. Oh yeah. Right? I haven't spoken to you guys since <laughs> since you left New Orleans. Yeah, my conversation with David over the last episode, yeah, that was great. <clears throat> yeah, it was, it was so tedious. I mean, great. It was, it was fine. No. No, we had, we had a fun time. We had a fun time in in Nolens. Nolens. In Nolens. Yep. Okay, good. I'm glad. I was really, it was really good to have, to have you and your, you and your better halves there. Much better halves. Mm-hmm. Which, got some, got some well, good pictures. I mean, look, we don't have to go that far. <laughs> oh, oh, but we do. Oh, they're not. Got some. They're not listening no, to this. No, no, they're they're listening. Like mine's listening to at least this part <laughs> before Chase says, "Here's just red alert, spoilerific territory." Because that's where she checks out, and we love her for it. Thank you for the download, by the way. Every download counts. It was good pictures, though. We got some good pictures. Yeah. Speaking of good pictures, I saw. I recently saw a really good picture um, come across my screen, and um, it is um, David's much better half. giving the international um, uh, signal for hello, right? For keeping up friendly diplomatic relations, I think. That's what it looks like at first. Yeah. But then you look closer, and it's not. <laughs> I mean, interpretations. <laughs> it was funny. I saw those same pictures, and, and Raquel's first comment was like, David didn't bring a change of clothes? You oh. see, Ashley is wearing two different outfits in the pictures. Well, I mean, but David one, is in the same. <laughs> no, I mean, one one was just that sweater that that she had had, but yeah, no, it was they changed a shirt. So. Like I, m- I remember, like I was when I was looking looking at him, I was like, man, like I know they went off and did their own thing, but I think they did the like an entire photo shoot down in New Orleans. They got it done beforehand. I yes, that was. Me yeah. being dumb, you're welcome. <laughs> I mean, Ashley told me they did that. Yeah. Okay. Weeks ago. <laughs> but still. But still. You know what? I, I, I hate taking pictures like that. I I absolutely <laughs> do not enjoy that at all. Oh, all the all the like staged engagement uh, photo have, stuff. No. No. <sighs> yeah, and you get like I don't know about you, but when we got our engagement photos taken 
they were like, I don't know, there were like several hundred pictures that we got sent to us, and maybe like 20 of them we liked. (laughs) Hmm. Yeah, there were 500 in total. (sighs) And, yeah, I mean, she she sent me the ones that, because it was her sister that did it. She's a photographer. And, uh, you know, she airdropped me all these, you know, touched up and all that good jazz, you know, screwing with the lighting and whatever. Edited photos. And he's like, well, just like, like the ones that you like, and then I'll like the ones that I like, and then we'll confer. Like, okay. (laughs) They're like five. Wow. Wow. (laughs) It's like, yes, these are fine. (laughs) <laughs> well, alrighty then. <clears throat> well, shall we, uh, shall we continue? Yep. Yes. Do okay. It. Let's, let's do the thing. So, uh, let's go ahead and talk track. Um, so Raquel, this is your, 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 uh, here's your sign right here. This is your red alert as we spoilerific territory as we talk about Star Trek Picard Season 3, Episode 6, The Bounty. Make it so, make it so, make it The Bounty. Not to be confused with the Enterprise episode called Bounty. Right. Or the quicker picker-upper. <laughs> that's that's a true <laughs> statement right there. The quilted quicker picker-upper. That's yeah. right. Yeah, I'm far more absor- absorbent. Right. That was good. That was good. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> All right. Well, <clears throat> fellas, I'm personally glad it wasn't called the Bounty. Otherwise, we would have had like two episodes called Bounty, like Eric just kind of pointed out. Um, which, for the longest time, this episode was actually called Bounty, and then the the was just <laughs> added on for funsies. Mm-hmm. At least they didn't fake us out with a name like calling an episode outside or the Citadel or something. Yeah. Star Trek <laughs> would never do that, man. <laughs> Give us fake names. Are you kidding me? They would never fake us out with fake names ever. So before we actually get into it, I, I do want to make mention of one thing. Cause Eric, you, you had made mention when we were down in new Orleans, um, you had said that the prior episode, you got a spoiler of who's going to be in there. So mm-hmm. I pop open the episode and guess what the thumbnail is? Who's new this week? It was so dumb. It's like I looked at it I was like, oh, well, they're in it. Great. Yeah, like I I hate spoilers. I do not understand spoiler people. Like, I don't get it. It's, it's weird to me. I don't know why you would want to like know what happens before you can experience it mm-hmm. but yeah for the last episode you know i didn't get to watch i normally normally i watch these things i wake up thursday morning at like six or something and i'll watch them right sometimes i don't get to watch them till after work but you know last thursday was in new orleans right was not even thinking about watching star trek opened what? up my phone well, yeah, what? <laughs> Opened up my phone, not even like trying to look at like Star Trek stuff, just scrolling through my news feed. And on my news feed, there's occasionally some entertainment news. 
right? And scrolling through there was a headline of an article. We need to talk about that Star Trek cameo with a picture of Michelle Forbes. I'm like, at 9 o'clock in the morning, the day the episode premiered. Like, that's wrong. Like, whoever did that, you're a terrible person. Yeah. But to, to be clear, ju- just so that we're all on the same page, this was on the Paramount app. As soon as yeah, I awful. as soon yeah. as I opened it up, there wow. he is. There's the face. That, <coughs> that's that's a it. It's a self awful. It that 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 I, I don't I didn't enjoy that uh, that piece of it. It's like come on, man. I mean, I know it's not a secret that these people are going to show up, but maybe don't just blare their face out in your thumbnail of the official episode on Paramount Plus. Which, by the way, is still a terrible app. I don't even use the Paramount Plus app. I just have the channel on Amazon Prime. Yeah. It works pretty nice for me. I just want to say that um, ever since I got the Series X, like I'm watching it on that, and it just loads so fast, so fast. No, and it, it's it's honestly not all. It it is the we could probably do with a new TV. <laughs> so and then I. That might be something. Might be. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, but it was a big moment, right? I know I didn't get I wasn't here for your discussion of the last episode, but big moment, great scenes between between Picard and Rolaren, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Like I felt all of the weight behind that. And I think both you know, Patrick Stewart and, and Michelle Forbes delivered in those scenes. I was definitely getting some um some Admiral Kane vibes. Um Oh, oh yeah. In in her performance as Commander Rowe. That was Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. All right. Well, <clears throat> um, with this episode, of course, like we get like our last time on Star Trek Picard. And then from there, you know, uh we get this like cold open pretty much with um with uh Vatic and the Shrike crew. And they're all like seething you know that they can't catch these folks like they're chasing them all over the place and like what's going on and like there's like one dude who didn't get the memo like you don't talk to the boss when she's pissed off type of thing and um like get zapped and then she just goes like full-on like mustache twirling villain and then cue credits which i kind of liked you know that it didn't drag on forever that we got to enjoy some mustache twirling for like a second and then we're like right into it. I, I don't know what y'all thought of like that cold open. I mean, that's what a cold open is supposed to be. Short, sweet, get you into the episode. Not 15 minutes. No, it's not supposed to be 15 minutes, Eric. No. <laughs> okay. Well, all right, so we're, we're we've done the thing, and um, <clears throat> now that we're uh, we're past the cold open, we're we're moving things along, and uh, we are finally gonna be meeting up with um, with Worf and Rafi, and um, I think there's some things before that do, that, aren't that I want to talk about. Are there though? Yeah, there's something that I want I want to bring up okay, here. Okay, all right. All right. So. Jack Crusher, he's having his delusions, whatever, right? 
I don't think anybody was really faked out by them last week. I wasn't. Um, but, you know, he goes, his mom does, you know, the neural scan on him, and he has areomotic syndrome. And honestly, it surprised me that they name-dropped that, right? And here's the thing. Like, first of all, like, when Picard was old, they're like, well, there's no real scan, you know, in The Next Generation. They're like, there's no real scan for areomotic syndrome. You can't tell if somebody has it, right? But then in season one of the show, they were so careful not to say areomotic syndrome. They just said brain anomaly or abnormality or got some abnormality in your head. It's like they went out of their way to avoid saying it, right? I don't know if it was what, like, for royalty reasons if they said it they had to pay the person who wrote it. i don't know but it was it was weird that they just let it was like we're not saying it in season one but here boom right there aromatic syndrome so this is the thing that i guess you know talking about aromatic syndrome um i realize it's this is a product of the show like in terms of like what they've done with it but if Jack has aromatic syndrome and he starts seeing the upside down and everything, why didn't Picard? I mean, I was kind of thinking about this a little bit because, like, in our prior season, we saw, you know, Picard's mother and obviously her mental battle. And it kind of made me wonder if maybe instead of say schizophrenia or whatever we're going to categorize what she had maybe it was this and it's been passed on now for three generations and jack just has it worse type of deal mm-hmm. that's interesting that, yeah. that is an interesting consideration i mean i remember I mean, mental talk- illness does sort of tend to run you know these sort of genetic things they're genetic they can be passed down so yeah. And I remember, well, I remember when we were doing our season two um, episode discussions, this was like the mental health piece kept coming up. Like mental health was like front and center that entire season pretty much. And I remember mentioning to you folks that uh, I had basically chalked it up to more uh, like a bipolar kind of thing. Um, maybe even possibly a like a schizoaffective kind of disorder, which schizoaffective is both like um, like your psychotic symptoms, like you would associate with like um, hallucinations and delusions, on top of a co-occurring uh, mood disorder, like bipolar depression, stuff like that. But if that would be interesting, though, that if Marie, right? That was the name? Picard's mom? Wasn't it Marie? Picard's Sounds mom. Right. It'd yeah. be interesting if Picard's mom did have aromatic syndrome, passed it on to, to JL, you're welcome, Eric, who then passed it on to, to Jack. Yeah, and they have this conversation in the bar afterwards, and Jack's like, how did you beat it? He's like, I didn't, right? Like, I pushed myself body. too hard, pushed myself too hard, and I took medicine, right, that allowed me to push it even further in, and I died. And, and actually, 
that line is actually a lot more important once you get to the end of the episode, once you see what happens at the end. You think of it as, oh, they're just having a conversation here, but then it plays a big role at the end. Boy, doesn't it? Yeah. So, David, I hope you got some of those answers you've been wanting. No. <laughs> no. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, there we go. Uh, yeah, aromatic syndrome uh, for good old Jack boy. And um, thought he was just gifted, not plagued with an overclocked brain, says his mom. Giving him some medication to temper the hallucinations, a neuroinhibitor. He's all right for now, right? Right. Now, is is this is this the blindness of a mother's love? To not have ever thought about this before, because she had said there that like, you know, he'd had these sort of issues as a child too. So like, never thought about that before. Now, that's a good question. I mean, she was what Picard's you know chief medical officer like I mean he was under her care for at least 15 years so like she would know his medical history and like I mean I would connect the dots probably a lot sooner if I was suspecting something like that's what you do like if you're a health professional like you're thinking of differential diagnoses like you're thinking about diagnostic impressions of like what you're seeing, what you're hearing, and it's it's kind of irresponsible to not consider it if you know like there's family history of something. Anyway. Anyway. I agree. <laughs> I agree. One plus one is three. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now we get worse. David, do you want to talk about this? I know Worf is your boy. Do I want to talk about him just showing up and him and Riker having weird, weird vibes, man? It's like, what happened to you, Worf? I'm just Ew. meditating, drinking tea. Leave me alone. <laughs> I'm drinking that sour mead you keep sending <laughs> <Sour>. me. <laughs> it is quite tart. I mean, he's had that stuff before. Yeah. Like many times. He had that many times. I I think I'm I'm digging war. The like the new Zen warf here. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. I was mentioning last time, like with the last episode that um, he's kind of got like this Qui-Gon Jinn thing going on, like where he just like battle meditates, you know, and. He's just like, you know, does, yeah. you know, fighting Rafi just like one handed. Well, I like how he, he said at one point, you know, like he's a pacifist. Didn't you just decapitate a guy? Like, yeah, like the first thing we saw him do was decapitate a Ferengi, right? <laughs> yeah, heading on Wednesday. I mean, you, you could have captured him, questioned him, but nah, you decapitated him. It was a Wednesday. Beheadings happen on Wednesday. Beheadings happen on Wednesday. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. Oh, man. No, but I like it. Okay, now, Rafi and Worf come onto the ship, and they've got to deliver a briefing. And where are we? We're in like an observation lounge. Yes, we are. We're sitting around a table. We're sitting around a table. We have a presentation. We have everybody talking. But you know what really bugged me about this scene? 
There were enough I, I, lights. The, well, one. Who sets the lights at that level? God dang it! Turn up the lights. Anyway, that's not what this I'm talking about. This is an early not... morning presentation. It's like 8 a.m. You know, just turn the lights down, Professor. We'll be, we'll totally be awake. It's not like we have to turn down the lights so we can see the screen better or anything. <laughs> no. Okay. So we're sitting around this table, and I get that this sh it's Star Trek Picard, right? But Captain Shaw, this is his ship, right? He command was returned back to him. He is in charge. He's sitting at the back of the table, like in the corner, like, oh yeah, he's here too, right? <laughs> I thought I thought Shaw was sitting at the head of the table. <laughs> no, oh. he's at the back. That's what I mean. Like it, from where the presentation is, Worf and Rafi up front. Shaw's in the back. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I still thought he was sitting in like a Godfather kind of seat. Like that's what it looked like to me. Uh, I don't. I think he was just sitting in the back. Okay. Like Picard and and Crusher were up front. Yeah. So. And then Riker and Seven, and then Shaw <laughs> way in the back. Right. So at this at this briefing, you know, like we know that this portal weapon was stolen, but it was like a guise for something much bigger, much more sinister. So we have we're trying to find a smoking gun, um, and we just got to follow the smoke now. So we we hatch a plan of how to get there. We're gonna go to the, we're gonna go to the Daystrom station, and we're gonna um, use this key, this thing that we got um, in the last episode to kind of help us get through some security measures, so we can get to the hub where this like all the records, like raw data, um, essentially is. <clears throat> And uh, so, so we're like all in agreement. Let's do it. Let's let's head there. We're gonna hide. We're gonna like, you know, be as cloak and daggery as we can with uh, with this particular mission. So we warp out. Um, <clears throat> the Shrike has been following our our um, our heroes. We've been like dumping some like beacons along the way to kind of throw them off um, off the trail just a little bit to like to buy us some time. We arrive. We arrive at the station. We're hiding, and um, we we beam. Uh, was it Riker, Worf, and Rafi over to the station, and the rest are staying on the Titan. They get over there though, and oh shoot, um, there are some ships, some other like Starfleet ships that are there. Um, while that's happening, they're also trying to get past some security protocols, and. Uh, we think that they're not like acting fast enough. There's like about to be like an oh crap o meter that like goes off until like we can plug the USB drive in basically and make things just all hunky dory. I think that's basically where we're at. Um, but because um, they are alerted and like if they shoot us, we're gonna like basically leave a trail forever. Uh, we have to figure out another way that we can get back and get our crew members in time so we're gonna head off to this what we later find out is a museum we're gonna head to a museum and try and talk to someone that we might know there to kind of help us out with something we, we doing good so far am i blowing over too much stuff for you i mean you know yeah no that's the gist of it here's one thing when i know like you know you're going to this daystrom station which presumably can hook up to the federation database 
But like, you're trying to go on a spy mission. You're trying to be cloak and dagger, right? I get like all of your body scans and stuff for your face and all that stuff is in the computer. But why wear your Starfleet uniform when you're going on a spy mission? See, like it was you... a little weird. Like Rafi is just in her uniform. I mean, you know, Riker takes his uniform off and puts on some like jacket, but he still got his four pips on and his big com badge. But like, let's be a little more cloak and dagger than this. I think what <laughs> Eric is trying mission. to say is he wants the cool black Discovery jackets. No, 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 no. What, or what no. I hear, what I hear Eric saying is, if we're gonna be like super covert, we need to show that we're super covert and wear one of them Section Thirty One com badges. Or take off your uniform, take off your pips. Like we all know, he's a he's a captain. We all know she's a commander. Take him off. Look, why can't we just like <laughs> use some polyjuice potion, right? Like, let's get some polyjuice potion. Let's go to sick bay. Let's have the doctor get us all done up real good, make us look like a worker that works at the station, right? With some like cool like prosthetics, you know, we can look like an Andorian if we want to. Hey, we've done that in Star Trek. We've I know. done cosmetic surgery. I know. We'll get you fixed up in a GIF. I'm just saying. Just saying. If There's no time. Can... Okay. There's just no time. There's no time to argue about time. We don't have the time. Time? We don't have time? This is a time machine. Of course we have time. We have all the time in the world. Well, that's a different movie. That would be enough. That's a different movie. Okay. So they're they're off doing their thing um, at Daystrom Station. And the rest of our crew we get over to this fleet museum and we see like a bunch of like docking stations around what looks like the old Starbase one essentially the mushroom. yeah mushroom space the, yeah the mushroom space station yeah Starbase one is what it looks like uh and you look and there are some old looking ships which kind of makes sense for a museum and uh I <laughs> I was I was reading um, on um, after watching the episode. Um, this episode shouldn't have been called the Bounty. This sh- this episode should have been called Terry Metalis's Ship Porn episode. I I want to I want to point something out here because I got to thinking about it. <clears throat> so we we got the whole point of why they're able to be tracked. And it's because all the Starfleet ships are now interconnected. So if you're ever around something Starfleet tech, there's a chance it can ping off and they can all get there. Fair enough. But you called the show The Bounty. And we show the Klingon ship that transported whales. Okay? Wouldn't it have made more logical sense to have stolen that ship that is not interconnected because it's old tech played out that uh, that whole fantasy and have not been able to be tracked that was the very thought that came to my mind too when we're looking at all these glorious ships and we see the HMS bounty from voyage home like the repurposed you know bird of prey <clears throat> i was like oh shoot we're going to get on 
we're gonna get on this ship. Okay, we're gonna, we're gonna do pull a thing. The Kirk. Yeah. Which we got a how many references to guys? Did anyone count? No. A few. Just a few. I mean, a hey, few. his body might be somewhere. Dude. Dude, you remember the book series we read, right? I like, don't know that I want to. <laughs> well, like Ashes of Eden, right? Yeah. That whole thing. I mean, it was all about, like, you know, his body being reconstituted. I mean, maybe that's what... Maybe Kirk is still alive on Daystrom Station. I mean, we saw, like, some James T. Kirk stuff. In the Genesis device. And the Genesis yeah. device. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> But, but no, it, it just just strictly from from like a logic standpoint, that's c- kind of where my brain went because it's like if you're if you're already interconnected, you're naturally going to be followed. Why wouldn't you? Because even our surprise guest, which I'll allow Chase name because you know he's captain, even said that it's like, look, we can't like just throw all these beacons out here. We we can't. I don't even remember what it exact what Picard had exactly asked for, but it's like, yeah, we can't do that. We're all connected. It would have made far more logical sense to have taken another ship to fly off in that, so you eliminate that problem. But it just seemed like we glossed over. We it's like we made a point to say it, but we didn't make a point to fix it. Mm-hmm. So that was just kind of a little sticky point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're there and. We get there, we, we kind of park it, and uh, someone beams aboard, and it is uh, Commodore Geordi LaForge. Yeah. So we have almost the entire gang back together from the original He's crew. The, the head of <clears throat> the retired ship's museum. Mm-hmm. So, like, does that track with Geordi's career path? No. No, I, I didn't see... Like... I don't, I don't remember, but I think when you... I didn't read the book, but when The Last Best Hope, the Picard book, was Jordy in that? Did they mention him no. at all? Well, well, yes, well yes. but he wasn't he head of the... Uh, what was it? The Mars... Uh, yeah, he was part of... The Utopia um, Planitia. Yes. Utopia Planitia, thank you. Yeah, he was the head of it. I mean, he basically right. didn't give Picard an option. He's like, I'm doing this with you, whether you like it or not. And Picard was like, great great have at it you know have all the resources you need to build the thing but i mean this is 15 years later than that yeah but still like you're an engineer right so like he like as far as i remember last best hope he's still a commander Mm -hmm. so i mean we're talking like early 20 early to mid 2380s he's still a commander so by this point he's been a commander for a good amount of time so there's gonna like there's obviously like that gap that we don't know about, but like it had to have been like survivor's guilt, perhaps like from everything that happened with Utopia Planitia and the synth issue that perhaps drove him to be more, um, I don't know. Can we call it isolated? You know, like with like this ship museum thing, I would just call it safe because we even did have part cause we met the second daughter. We did. Um, and it, it seems like he was very interested now in not necessarily self-preservation, but family preservation. So, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, I get, I guess if you, I guess if I really think about it, it's not such a stretch. But I, I don't know. I just figure he would have, you know, been able to continue on with something bigger. I just wondering, like, where the captain rank came in. Like, be, you know, being part of like, or being like head of like a, a station, like a big station, like a museum. Um, and having all that leadership, like it makes sense, like that you would be a commodore per, more than like a captain, even like with the size of it, right? Like it would make more sense, like that you're going to be a commodore. But like, did he ever get a chance to sit in the center seat, or was he just like a captain of engineering, like you know Scotty was, for instance? I mean, I know the only time we really saw that I'm aware that we saw Jordy as a captain was in. Uh, timeless, like a, with the or, Challenger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. But here he is. Here he is. Head of this retired ship's museum. And we're coming to him for help, right? We need a ship, right? But they're interconnected. I can't give you a ship, right? And Jordy, you willingly put my daughter's life in danger. And I, I just have a question. Like, the the pilot here. Ensign LaForge. That's LeVar Burton's daughter, right? No, Mika Burton, who is Alondra, the one that shows up with them in the gold uniform, that's his real daughter. Oh, oh they're both not his daughters? No, no, no. Okay, no, I'm sorry. In show, I'm sorry. No, in show, they're both his daughters, yeah. but in real life. Only Alondra, only um, Mika Burton, who plays Alondra in the gold uniform, that's his only daughter. Interesting. Oh, okay, but the pilot. I thought the pilot was, his, was LeVar Burton's real daughter no, as well. No, no. That's why I was watching these scenes, and I was like, oh, yeah. No, okay. It's like something um, Chestnut, I think, is um, uh, Sydney's okay. um, actor's last name. Okay. Okay. Was there anything else? I don't know. No, I was just curious. Oh. And, and basically, Jordy says, I'm not, Jordy says, I'm not going to help you. I can't help you. Right? And uh, we're going to leave. But, hey... I want my daughter to stay behind, and Picard agrees to that, right? But then she's like, <clears throat> I, and I love this interaction here, and that's why I thought it would be even better if they were real life, you know, father and child, right? And it's like, there, this crew's not your family. You taught me that the crew is your family, so I'm gonna stick with them, and I, I made, I'm making a choice to be here, and I'm not gonna leave them when they need me. And I thought that was a really like poignant moment yeah yeah for sure hey can i make a somewhat silly sidebar here of course just a just a little silly thought i had in my head you know how we have the cartoon lower decks mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i think it would be a lot funner if we just saw some of the young people on this show as a lower decks type of show i actually really like a lot of this young crew on this ship uh, you know, and obviously, like Sydney, I, th- I think I think the the act- actor who plays her is great. Personally, I, I like Eric said I really enjoyed the interactions there, and then there's like a range, and I can hear, <laughs> I can hear the voice instead of whisper talking at me, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. so many people seem to do nowadays. Mm-hmm. But like, I was just I was watching the interaction because we had like the two sisters and Jack. And they're they're kind of you know messing around and stuff. It's like you know what, this would be a far more interesting lower decks 
than the cartoon lower decks that I've been forced. I mean, uh, <clears throat> uh, really enjoy watching with you guys. <laughs> I'm just saying it's like I, I think that would you know, we got one episode in, in next gen, you know, looking at yeah. the lower decks and yeah. everything. I, I just think it would be kind of an interesting, you know, even if it were just like a limited deal, I don't know. Maybe I'm alone in that, but I, I just got that vibe off it. And I thought, oh, this would have been kind of fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember watching, when I was watching today and like seeing, you know, Sydney and Alondra LaForge um, and even like Jack right there also. I'm like, man, like I would like totally dig like having like a, a next, next generation kind of a show. Next, next generation. Star Trek, the next, next generation. T N N G. T N G. T N G. Got to really emphasize that N. You know what I'm saying? All right. So. All right. Like I know. I know this is not like important to the episode. It's just nostalgia bait, right? And I think. I think there's a criticism out there of this season that it's like too much nostalgia bait but I don't really care because I loved it right mm-hmm. Seven and Jack are sitting on the bridge and they're just walking through the museum yeah. they're not walking through the museum but they're flipping through the ships bringing them up on the view screen and oh look there's the Defiant which is really the Sao Paulo which they changed the name to the Defiant right mm-hmm. there's the New Jersey which I don't know what ship that is like me either <laughs> I didn't look it up, or I don't know if it's important or not. There's the New Jersey. Oh, there's the Enterprise A, Kirk's ship. Uh, yeah, okay, maybe. The Enterprise was destroyed, right? This is a different, like, the not the more famous Enterprise, but still Kirk's Enterprise, right? And then get the Pistol Resistance. What ship is that? It's pretty, though. Could it be <sighs> Archer's Enterprise? Yeah. She's a beaut, nope. Clark. It's the Voyager. Seven's new home where she was reborn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Voyager. It's good to see what happened to it. Tough little ship, right? Little. Tough little <laughs> ship. Made it farther than any ship ever has. You know? became a real home right like I said seven was reborn there mm-hmm. yeah. she made family made a trek home hits my heart right when i think about how much voyager means to me yeah i don't care if it's nostalgia bait i loved it i saw yeah i saw the silhouette on the um the chair like l cars or whatever i'm like we're gonna press that button aren't we oh, yeah, yeah we're yeah, gonna we press are. that button <laughs> yeah we are <laughs> i really like what jack said you know, in that in that conversation, um, and now you're just trying to find another, like re- regarding like family. Uh, we all long for a connection, but we we're just a little bit alone, aren't we? Stars in the same galaxy, but light years between us. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, Seven quips back, "Oh, you are definitely your father's son." Yeah. <laughs> he you too wax poetic <laughs> with the best. <laughs> he too has a knack for the uh, poetic drive-by observation. Yeah, I didn't know po- poetic observation, you know, just genetically uh, passed down the line. But <laughs> Just like <laughs> accents do. are genetically passed down the line. Hey, he went to school in London and it just stuck, yeah. okay? Yeah, it's just stuck. <laughs> it's stuck. 
you know, I know me and Chase talked about this a little bit last week, but I, I continue to really enjoy this sort of subtext that, that I, at least I think I see everything. Okay. Not everything is Picard all the time, but everything loops back to Picard. All these little lessons and so forth, where last season they were very, they were everywhere because Q was trying to teach him a lesson. Whereas in this one, it's all very under the surface. And because we have, I don't know what it is, if there's more cohesion or these newer actors that we have here are just so much better than what I what I've seen maybe they're just more comfortable but like the quipping between Jack and Seven felt so much more natural than so much of what I saw in the past Picard what I've seen in Discovery you know and the only kind of like uh, difference probably is Strange New Worlds but everything just buttons back to sort of like a central lesson of the episode. And this one is, I mean, effectively it could be a few things, but walking through adversity, family means everything. Family can get you through. Family can be anyone who's around you that loves you. And like, it just, it's even like the little moments with, um, with Sydney and Jack and then, and then the other sister, it all felt very, very natural. And then even the part where Jordy's like, you stay away from my daughter, <laughs> you know, that <laughs> even made me chuckle as well, because it felt like a very real, like real, as real as you can get type of thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm just really enjoying that a lot more than I, I have mm-hmm. uh, for mm-hmm. some time. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The there is something special about this about this season compared to others uh so far. Um so Jordy is like just in the like having he just is feeling stuck, right? Like I know we've kind of like talked about it already, but um you know, he's concerned for the safety of his kiddos, even though they're the ones, uh, uh, more more so Sydney, I think, than Alondra. But, you know, concerned for their safety, even though they're the ones that decide to per- pursue Starfleet, knowing full well that stuff can happen. I mean, he had to have taken the bridge officer's exam, for crying out loud, like knowing that you have to order someone to their death, you know, and like knowing that your kids are going to go pursue this military, let's just call it a military career. I mean, it's kind of like par for the course that like, this could be something that's very real that could happen. Like it could be their first mission. It could be their 1000th mission. It's a very real possibility, no matter where you warp to, um, on a ship, regardless of the ship. Um, and it's, I love that it's his daughter that kind of like, kind of shocks his system so uh, for the most part into being that loyal guy full of that joie de vivre that we know and love love about 
And um, while he's kind of coming around, uh, that's where like this whole like cloaking technology has to, has been um, stolen. Yeah, like I'm sorry, I'm sorry. If you're at a museum, like, and there's like, hey, look, there's a big like I just went to the World War II museum in New Orleans. Hey, look, there's a big plane up there. You can't just walk into that thing and walk out with like a part of the control panel. Like, do you, do you know how get many generations so walls you broke? How big is the cloaking device? They can just what? They can just beam it out of there. Or walk over there and walk back with it. But more poignantly, why was the cloaking device even there? If you've broken all these Federation laws, doing you taking it or using it or whatever, I'm not quite sure which at this point. But why would it even be there? It's a decommissioned ship. Right. It it's should be like it's... Res- It should be like in a research facility or something, right? Right, so you can research it and try to figure out how it works, even though you can't use it on one of your ships because there's a treaty. Aldron, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, no, I know it's, but you, it's like you can't just walk into something in the museum and ooh, let me take something. But see, that is why taking another ship makes so much more sense. So you don't have to do this ultra convenient. Oh yeah, we just left the cloaking device in there because um, uh, we we were gonna get to it. It's so, just in storage. So I, I have I I have a question, and it's it's part rabbit trail, but just part general curiosity. So with the H with with you know the bird of prey that became the HMS Bounty, it's in this Starfleet ship museum thing as important ships to you know Starfleet and the Federation. So, if we've adopted a bird of prey with cloaking technology, have we violated our own treaty by having a ship with a cloaking device? Well, I mean, we've violated that treaty As long as we're not using it. And remember, the Defiant was only supposed to use its cloaking device in the Gamma Quadrant. But I seem to remember Worf tracking one Cassidy Yates using the cloaking device. Mm-hmm. Was that tre- Was that specific? And apologies for the ignorance here. Was that treaty with both the Klingons and the Romulans, or just with the Romulans? Romulans. Just with the Romulans. So why the hell do we care about the Romulans anymore? Didn't their son like go bye bye or something? I mean, they're they scattered, scattered to the wind. in a big diaspora. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> that's, that's a good use. That's, that's a good use of the word diaspora. I mean, yeah, that's. I mean, that's the appropriate use of the word. Hold on, I need to rephrase that. Excellent use of the word diaspora, Commander. <laughs> Thank you. Every I mean, it's word of the day, toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, I love how when they come to the realization, like, the ship is starting to cloak, and, like, Jordy, you stole my cloaking device! And Picard's like, I would never! And they both stop right at the same moment. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, Jack, like, Jack, Sydney, like, right at the same time, they realized it was their kids. And that, that, was, that was a good, yeah. funny moment. I, I also enjoyed when, you know, they're down there just making a just a bad job of it. It's like, I can't stop it. 
but I can. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I love that so much. But even before, even before that, you know, Captain Shaw has to like fangirl out, right? Yeah. He's um, like, uh, Mr. LaForge, uh, as a former engineer, I just have to say, it's such a, so, oh my god, oh my god, you joined the Forge. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I would love to do this right now, but this ain't the time. Did Did either of you watch uh, Community by chance, the show Community? Yeah, a little no. bit. Yeah. So Donald Glover's character, um, uh, Troy Barnes is like obsessed with LeVar Burton and there's like um, at least an episode where LeVar Burton shows up on Community and, and Donald Glover's character is like huh, 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 just completely like fanboying and like that was like the image I had in my head whenever Shaw was like just like fanboying all over <laughs> all over Jordy like man you, man you got like 21st century duct tape all over your ship I just thought it was funny. It was good. Yeah. It was good. All right. So we get Jordy stepping into like the engineering seat and it's, it's great. Like just having our, like having like a proper chief engineer kind of thing going on was, was just fantastic. And um, I might've been like squeeing just a little bit seeing that happen. Um, <clears throat> and from there, like we got to head back to, to Daystrom and kind of like fix the thing in route. So I think we got to like pop over there and we got to talk about that storyline for just a little bit uh, before everything just comes back together again. So, did I call it Chase? Did you call what, David? Why don't you say it? it? How they were going to introduce Moriarty? Yeah, basically. They're like, hold on. Like, so we get in there. We're going to get to Moriarty. We get in there. The ship scans. The the, the station sta- scans them. It's not supposed to, but apparently all this key thing doesn't work. Recognizes Riker and initiating security countermeasures or whatever it says. And then, like, a crow flies. And I'm like, oh, it's night. And it starts playing music. Is it Nightbird? Is that, like, what they're going to psychologically trick him with because he can't play the solo on Nightbird? Mm-hmm. And then, like... Moriarty shows up and I'm like they hyped up more like they were like look Moriarty and if this is it this is like the worst thing ever they might as well not even have done it as far as I'm concerned if this is all we're gonna get because this was disappointing I think that's all you're gonna get (laughs) disappointing I mean the actor said he was only in one episode so I think that's it then why hype this up so much for essentially nothing it was nothing right so people will tune in I said what I said so but but one one real quickie thing so was this a part of the security protocol or was it a projection like the bird well, it was shooting real bullets. Right. So is this a part of... that? We all know what the security protocol is, right? But was this a part of the actual, this is like your security attack program, or was it just another progression to jog Riker's memory into 
what he eventually joined. I think it was the latter instead of the former. Okay. Okay. I I would probably agree with that. Yeah. I mean, because it was all, I mean, it was all, I mean, in the end, it was just about breadcrumbs, right? To to get to a certain point. So yeah, we're we're wandering through the station. We're trying to find the central hub, and uh, we trigger something. And um, honestly, like, I thought Moriarty was just going to like kill people, like with like how like the one scene where like he just like brings the 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 gun up into like the center of the frame and just like pulls it. Like I was like, shoot, like are we about to like have like a, a medical emergency and like not be able to contact him? That's like what was going through my head when I was watching it. And then, like, it, it fades to black, and it comes back, and he missed. It's fine. Fine, he missed. He missed. And then, like, I didn't know this about my boy. I mean, maybe I maybe I just, like, com- conveniently forgot, but I had no idea that Riker had perfect pitch. <laughs> Apparently he does. He just recognized notes. Even though his whistle wasn't perfect pitch. It was a little too high, actually. Well, there's a lot that you could say perfect pitch. There are people that can hear the notes and just name it. That's perfect pitch. And then there are people that can hit the notes, and then that's perfect pitch. (laughs) Anyway, Brother Man's got perfect pitch. (laughs) Which Just half of it. And he puts the pieces together, and we get this, like, really sweet um, little clip from Encounter at Farpoint, which I really enjoyed. The first time that Riker meets Data on the holodeck trying to whistle Pop Goes the Weasel. Yeah, it's interesting because, like, in Nemesis, right, where, like, he's reminiscing about that moment, too, at the very end. He's like, the first time I ever met Data, he was on the holodeck. He was trying to whistle. Like, what was that tune? Like, he couldn't remember at that point. You think he, like, went back and, like... I mean, because the ship the archives I don't know if they got transferred somewhere but the ship doesn't exist anymore so right. did he like sit there and think about it real hard did he like go back and look in the computer like did he ask somebody hey maybe I told you the story and you remember do you want like, me to, do you want me to go like really nerdy on you real quick sure okay so research does indicate like the power that nostalgia plays on our memories so the fact including music which like musical memory helps um, encode that uh, like both with language emotions and just experiences in general so the fact that he was hearing some notes is triggering something in a part of his brain that's probably helping him recall said history from even 30 plus years ago so scientifically it, it adds up with him being able to to put that stuff together and recall 35, 36, 37 years ago, whatever it is with internal chronology, right, um, for that experience that he had with Data on the holodeck. Okay. That's fair. Um, Which I do want to just point out, like, I know I went kind of, like, bonkers, like, I think in our first episode about, like, the um, uh, end credits, right, with, with, like, the music and, like, I remember I was talking to David about this. Um, you might have been gone, Eric. I don't think you made the. First I remember one. you were you were mentioning it like it wasn't real music. It is apparently real music because I checked it. Um, the notes are wrong. So whoever does or not the notes, but the 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 bar staff, like 
the like the bars of music are not written completely correctly but I checked it I checked the sheet music of Pop Goes the Weasel against what was on um, the the screen that's what it is I see interesting okay interesting they were trying to give you a breadcrumb all along you even said are they trying to give us tell us something mm-hmm. yeah the only only thing I'd be willing to give them is you do hear like elongated notes where like it's kind of slow it's like dun, 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 dun. It, like you hear you hear how slow it goes even though it's not written that way if you look at like your bars and like just that's the only thing I'd be willing to give like it might add up but other than that like I think maybe graphic design possibly got it wrong possibly but Regardless, there was a breadcrumb there for Pop Goes the Weasel uh, with the end credits. Okay. Okay. So Moriarty um, is like, congratulations, you're the next contestant on The Price is Right. Come on down. After uh, connecting the, the whistleage, he disappears, and we go out into this other room where we find something. Something. We find this humanoid thing, and it almost looks like Data. Mm. We see we see um, a head. We see like you know Data's head or B4's head or something. We see some old guy you know in a suit, and like we see like just these chambers and stuff and like some consoles, and you know we're like oh my gosh oh my gosh it's it's Data Data's here this is. And like they're they're just deducing like that data is the one that is the holder of sacred knowledge essentially of what happened here. So we gotta we gotta like break him out of jail so we can really understand what the devil's going on, basically. But before that, there's a log, a final log by AI Soon that we got to listen to. And essentially yeah, it was interesting it was interesting though, when they turned it on, Riker's like Alton Soon. Like, he just knows who he is. Like, yep. all the Sungs don't look alike. And you can just tell them. And he knows who Alton Sung is. Just like that. I thought, I don't know. Like, that was amusing to me. So, yeah. I gave my body to uh, to Picard. Uh, I, I was hoping I'd be my own legacy type of thing. Didn't work out. And um, I thought I'd try something else. Like, with whatever time I had left. But I didn't get to finish things. And... You know, I was like, you know, what the heck? Let's just let's go for broke. Let's just put all the all the Soong stuff into to one noggin and see what happens. Um, and not being able to like partition it and synthesize it essentially. I want to just throw one thing out there <clears throat> because in, it, it was the end of season one where we basically killed Data a second time. Second time. And it was a really, it was probably one of the, one of the better moments of that season for me with the interaction between Picard and Data one last time, he's ready to go. I'm getting a little bit, I'm getting a little bit uncomfortable with continuing to bring Data back not because I don't like data, but 
it's the same thing that I've complained about before with Discovery. Sometimes you have to let things go. That's life. You can't live in a fantasy where you live forever. And I think that you should have probably come up with a slightly different premise here. Mm. For me, and it's not that I don't like it. I do. I like what they did with it. It was very, it was still very good. But I got to thinking about it and I'm like, look, we, we killed off Data and Nemesis making the ultimate sacrifice, you know, kind of showing his humanity one last time to yeah. the crew. And then we got this glimmer of hope with him downloading his memories into B4. Fair enough. But then we finally find Data again in that construct and it's sad. It was a very sad thing, but you let him go because sometimes it's not it's not necessarily sad to let it go. It's sad to see it stick around. Mm, and these I things think are precious because we know they end. Yeah, they have to end. Yeah, and I think that not now you're not giving Data the one thing that he wanted, the ultimate slice of humanity the lack of existence, the final end to the frontier. I think that that personally, from just a narrative standpoint, is a mistake. Now, does it mean I don't like Data being here? No. Does it mean I hate the show? No. It just means that either somebody didn't like the end of season one, or everybody gets to live forever and that's not realistic I'm I'll just say this like with what we know and what's going to happen like just the next few minutes at you know, of the episode I don't feel comfortable calling him data mm-hmm. so It's not data. It's, let's let's be honest. Like, I know they said that that all of the personalities are in there and they haven't fused together, right, to create a new personality. So like, you get like I don't know. I don't know if schizophrenia is the right. I don't know if, what multiple personality. Whatever it looks. Oh, now I'm data. Now I'm before. Now I'm lore. Right. So like, it's not data. Yeah, it'd be called um, DID, Dissociative Identity Disorder. Yeah, but l- l- let me just throw one more quick thing out there. What do you think the crew here, all of his friends, are going to want him to associate with? Data. What would they want him to be? Data. What would they work towards making him be? Data. Yeah. That's the only, but I mean, you're, you're, you're right. It's not data, but I feel like that would be the premise of what they would want him to be and ultimately yeah, drive him to be. When they saw him, every single one of them said data. Yep. None of them said lore or none of them said before. They all said data. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we do, uh, we're racing against the clock, like Starfleet security air quotes is after them. Uh, there have been some some things that have kind of come down, and we need like th- some arbitrary amount of time to be able to get him out. I think like thirty seconds, like to 
do something like to activate something or deactivate something to where we can beam and uh, Riker you know is going to try and buy him some time um, and turns out they're changelings big surprise there and um, you know he's you know shooting some folks you know with his his phaser uh, phase pistol something and um, he gets hit with a transport inhibitor so instead of it being four people now it's just three it's you know the um, data at all kind of character as well as uh, Worf and Rafi that make it back to the Titan while um, basically Vatic abducts him and takes him back to the Shrike. So that happens. We're back on the Titan and we're like so amazed that there's this data looking dude sitting before us and we're trying to, Jordy is trying to do some stuff and his daughter is like correcting him like, no, you're using the wrong tool, dude. How would you know? Well, why do you think I crashed my speeder so many times? Because I want to spend time with you, old man. Well, maybe you should have spent more time learning so you wouldn't have almost blown us up with the cloaking device. Yeah. Sorry, just continuing the conversation. <laughs> so we do hear the different iterations, which I really I really appreciated Brent Spiner's um, portrayal of this, like how he just like seamlessly like rolled with like his data, his lore, his B4 characterizations. That was really well done, in my opinion. Um, and like we start to think that he's glitching like what did they steal what did they steal actually I need to back up I don't care what you guys said I teared up in this moment where Jean-Luc um, is like looking at him he's like D- um, do you know who I am and here he looks up and he's like captain mm. that was just a fantastic moment I, I don't care what y'all said like that was that was just fantastic um, but what what was stolen? What was stolen? Um, Jean-Luc Picard. Jean-Luc Picard. Jean-Luc Picard. We think he's glitching and he's like going to start going through like these different personalities and stuff like that, trying to stabilize it. Still not happening. And um, the more and more it happens, like now apparently like, you know, mega data can now do holograms like through his eyeballs and kind of show us <laughs> what happened. Like, he's a freaking astromech, for crying out loud. He's like freaking R2-D2, man. Like, just... (laughs) And what do we see? We see the late, real Jean-Luc Picard's body that was stolen. Question. Sir? Why is Jean-Luc Picard's body at some research station on the outskirts of the Federation and not, like, buried on Chateau Picard back on Earth? I, I don't I don't understand that. You got to do you have an next answer time for, for the seventh episode of Star Trek Picard. Well, yeah, why, why is it there, and why is it the, a scarier weapon? Like, yeah, quite, for, question. You, you, you can't just impersonate him now. He's on the run. So if your idea was to, what, I, I don't know, pack him full of changeling and explosives and go to, I mean, what are we doing with that? I, he, he, just, yeah. he touches people and gives them all eromotic syndrome. Okay, so question, right? Um, in an earlier episode, Picard and Dr. Crusher, they're talking and it's like, what do they want? What do these people want with Jack? And she's like, I don't think it has anything to do with Jack. I think it has to do with you. I think this is about you. And then we were questioning, like, well, that doesn't make sense because once the Shrike shows up and Vatic sees that 
Jean-Luc Picard's there, she could say, Picard, you turn yourself in. But she, no, she wants Jack yeah. Crusher. Yeah. And in the last episode, they were clearly after Jack Crusher. Yeah. Right? They weren't after Picard. Mm-hmm. Like when they were on the sh- those two security people with Ro Lair, and they were after Jack Crusher. And clearly they're building something here to Jack Crusher being special. Right? But now it's like, now they want Picard's body. Like, I'm confused. I don't know what the end game is here. And yeah, I'm just confused. I have an idea. It's probably not a good one, but I have an idea. Okay. Um, I mean, Picard, I mean, as they love to point out, you know, throughout this series, like the Star Trek Picard series, Picard used to be Locutus. So part of me doesn't want to believe this, but part of me thinks that they're going to do something with like nanite type stuff that might be left over from his time as Locutus. Hey, well, there's lots of other XBs out there in the in the galaxy but, that would be much easier to get to i feel like than breaking into a, a top secret starfleet research look, station he's one big bad mamma jamma he's the biggest baddest mamma jamma that was a borg that was named instead of designated but but look there's nothing special about jean-luc picard as a human being now as a personality as a character as a person there is because he's had a long life he's done a lot of great things but the the raw material is the same as everybody else okay i'm not the sure. only the yeah, only thing i can think of like and we kind of we didn't even talk about this but at like the beginning of this episode maybe it was last episode i watched these two episodes like together um uh Dr. Crusher, she's examining the body and they're like, what happened here? And she's like, this is evolution, right? So like the changelings evolved somehow, right? From the the metallic goo we saw before to whatever they're shape-shifting now and how they can have internal organs, right? So does are they somehow using human DNA to do genetic experiments to help them evolve, right? And, and then also at the end, we, when Riker gets back to, like, when he gets taken onto the Shrike, you know, there's the Vatic looks like a normal person, but there's those other crew members of hers that are, like, in, like, costumes or whatever. And Riker goes, how much goo do they pour into you? Mm. Like, does that, like, they, like, taking humans and doing something to turn them into changeling so i don't know like why why do those people look the way they do and why did riker say a line like that like that's what i'm thinking is there some genetic experiment yeah. going on here yeah it's interesting but, to, but like to what end though because the, the whole point of that one changeling that they uh autopsied it was in the shape of the forge yeah. so but it's not like they did an invasion of the body snatchers and sucked up all her DNA or something like that. I mean, she was still there. So they already have the ability to make those, those shape shifty changey things. Like it's, it's just, it's a bit confusing and it still seems like they want to, you know, punish all the humans for some odd reason for losing the dominion war. 
Yeah, they're just pissed about the Dominion War. But then well, they might be pissed at Starfleet. They're also pissed at Starfleet for creating a bioweapon to try to c- commit genocide. Maybe this is what they're they're they doing. Mentioned that. They mentioned that in this episode, and I think there's a reason why they mentioned that. Mm-hmm. But it all goes back to the same thing, though, doesn't it? Like, even if it's a bioweapon, then why do you need Picard's body? Aside from, what, do you do? You want to give them all Eremotic Syndrome? Is that the end game? Like, everybody just gets this debilitating Dementious. brain disease? Yeah. I tune in on episode seven. Yeah. <laughs> Next time on probably Star Trek Probably tune Picard. in on episode, like, eight. Is pro- episode eight is probably the exposition dump episode. That's been the exposition dump episode the two previous seasons. Has it now? What a fascinating trend. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, one final thing uh, that I'm aware of um, is that you know we're we're aboard the the Shrike. Uh, Riker's like, I'm not gonna tell you nothing, man. Like, you kidding me? I've known these people for 35 friggin' years. You think I'm just gonna like? drop something on you like that? I don't think so. Like, oh no. I don't think he, I think he would. You know why? Exhibit A, your wife. There's no way this is real Deanna Troy. Um, It cannot be. Like, first of all, we're, this, we went, at the start of the episode, it said 72 hours till Frontier Day. And then at one point later in the episode, Picard says 48 48 hours. hours to Frontier Day. So, a day has passed, right? Mm-hmm. There's no way the Shrike could travel from where it was. Find, where, do we even know where Deanna Troy is? Travel there, kidnap her, and travel. I know in recent Star Trek we've been playing loosey goosey with how fast we can travel, especially in like Prodigy, but that's a cartoon, so I'll let it go, right? But there's no way they could do all that in a day. Unless. Like we have to take time to travel. Unless. Unless. They stole, they stole a spore drive from Daystrom. The spore drive was erased from all archives. It was erased. Erased, air quotes. So there's, there's no way this is the real Deanna Troy in, in my mind. I, it's got to be some kind of a ruse. I just want to see Kestra. I don't think that's happening. No. I think it could be the real Deanna Troy, though. I, I think we're, I think we're, we've gone loosey goosey, as it was quoted, <clears throat> with the rules of you know travel. Mm. I, I could see that being. Well, I mean, like, in, we, we, I kind of skipped over, but, like, you know, whenever uh, Vatic was having her uh, mustache-twirling moment, like, find me all known associates. Anyone that's close to them. So, I mean, like, you know, there's got to be, like, you know, freaking white pages in the L car somewhere where they can be like, yeah, like, Captain uh, William T. Riker lives on Nepenthe with his uh, wife, um... You know, Deanna Imzadi Troy Riker. Well, if you're going to kidnap the wife, why not kidnap the wife and daughter? 
that might make him even more cooperative. Castro was playing water polo. Like, she was on, like, a, a camping trip that weekend. She she ran into the woods like Leia, but she got away yeah. this time. Yeah. You're old. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, are we done talking about this episode? Have we yeah. beat to death enough? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right, gang, let's uh, let's move into the Delta. How well were the different divisions of Starfleet represented in this episode? Eric, what are you thinking, man? Um, I mean, are we, are we doing science in this episode? I don't know. Are we doing engineering? Sure. I guess we're doing engineering. We, we stole a cloaking device. We installed it, right? We, we transported people in and out, right? Um, we hooked up data. I mean, maybe hooking up data or whatever this android is that we're going to call him. Data lore 4. Data lore 4. Mega, mega data. Mega data lore 4. <laughs> I got to get the 4 in there for B4. Um, B data lore 4. I don't know. Before data lore. <laughs> we'll workshop the name. We'll workshop the name. Just just Blorda. Blorda. Okay. Blorda. We'll, we'll workshop that name. Um. I don't know, is, is hooking him up and figuring out how to get the information on it, is that science? Maybe, I don't know. Um, I'm okay with giving engineering for the whole cloaking device thing. Um, I mean, I guess Picard is in command here. They came up with a plan, right? Here's our plan. Everyone's got their job, right? You're gonna, you three are gonna go into the into on this secret spy mission we're gonna go here we're gonna be your support but hey we got to get out of here i've got to make a quick command decision to go to this place and he knew exactly where he wanted to go right he made that decision there was no faltering there and um is it command that he was able to convince jordy to like to help them eventually or did or was it the stealing of the cloaking device that that got Jordy to help them um I'm okay giving a command Delta here because I think the rescue you know they 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 came up with the plan they they put their people in and then they executed a rescue plan Mm -hmm. right and they got them out of there so I guess I'm okay giving command and engineering science operations uh, is a little iffy for me Okay. So for me, um, I think it's kind of like a fast and loose kind of situation. But, you know, in a way, we are getting more information. We were perhaps like technology has advanced or we just understand like the diagnosis more. But, you know, like with the aromatic syndrome, like scanning for that and coming up with like some initial kind of like treatment plan for it. I think that flirts with science. And again, I know it's kind of like fast and loose, but, um, you know, like as a, I mean, I'm a mental health provider. Like I'm not going to have all the data, like whenever, like I first see someone, but I have to have like an initial diagnosis to be able to really start conceptualizing to help someone. So I think it's appropriate what, um, what Beverly is doing with Jack, you know, like, Hey, I'm seeing this, there is this history. I've prescribed these things to him. So I think from a science standpoint, like the medical side, 
I think there's something there with with the science division. Um, and then like with the, the engineering, I think certainly with um, the, you know, the part where, you know, Jordy is like stepping back into like the engineering role and like saying, I can fix it with his magic hammer, fix it, Felix Jr. He's back, back to action, doing his thing, um, as well as like the, uh, <clears throat> the, the hooking up um, the before data lore, the Blorda, the whatever we called the, the name, something whatever it's fine uh, I think that was fine that was really cool to see even if there was like some astromech kind of like holographic eyes that was just kind of weird Didn't, I wasn't too keen on that um, and then like I do agree with what you were saying um, Eric about like specifically with Picard um, you know with um, like I know I know what we need to do let's go do the thing but I also want to give Captain Riker some props too you know even with like his style and like, you know, kind of leading the mission, but especially at the very end, you know, kind of like saying, you know, go do the thing. I'll, you know, let me take care of this for you. Like kind of stepping up as the leader, even in the away mission, like he always did. So I really like that. So, I mean, I guess you could say it's a full spread for me. Um, and like just how I'm, how I experienced this episode. So David, what do you think about the Delta? Yeah. So, I mean, the, in the science realm, it, it is a, a wee, wee bit shaky um obviously the the diagnosis thing i mean that's it was small but you could point to that i think you could also point to this is this is a uh, like a big old stretch armstrong stretch because it's not like in the scope of like professional help but we are dealing a lot here with um family and splintered families and coming back together and giving encouragement to each other. Um, even, you know, you, you have the conversation with Jack and seven where, you know, she's pointing out that was my, where I was reborn. That was my family. And then, you know, Jack has his, you know, his wise Plato moment, you know, that his genetic Plato moment. Um, and, and I think like being open and honest about that kind of stuff is, is, is really, really nice. It's, it's not, it's not a forced thing, but we had this whole background in, in family and also, um, mortality as well. You know, we're just talking about mental stuff here, you know, with Jordy figuring out that, um, you know, Hey, I'm not like I was, I'm not ready to, I'm not at this point where I can risk it all. Um, and then eventually kind of finding a little bit of that in himself, uh, to go along with this plan when he didn't have to, uh, and even Riker, because, uh, what was it? A few episodes ago, he was contemplating his own mortality and during an away mission, he finds himself again uh, in, in the, in the scope of leading and, and saying, mm -hmm. Hey, I'm going to hold everybody off. You go knowing full well that he might not come back. So there, there's a, there's a little bit of like the, the mental side of that, which again, it's, it's a stretch Armstrong stretch. Like I said, it's, it's, it's not really professionally done, but it's there. I think a lot of that could also bleed into command as well. Um, making those decisions to, to better everyone else when you don't have to. Yeah. Um, so science I'm, I'm, I'm a little shaky on 
as far as the uh, you know your sort of engineering operational side, the the whole cloaking device thing, Jordy to the rescue, um, talking about how hey, in order to transport them out, we have to decloak, and and making that distinction, right. which they didn't have to, but they did. I I, I think uh, speaks to sort of the operations of just normalcy there now. I, I, I don't know if it was a great operational decision to continue with a ship that's interlinked to every other ship in the galaxy, but hey, what do I know? Uh, <laughs> but but I think I, I think that there's enough to, to you know to talk about engineering getting a delta. In terms of command, like you both already said, they they ex- they had a plan. We sat in a room, we debriefed, we talked about it. Then we went out and did that plan. You know, we we made the command decision that this is how we're going to go. We know the route's dangerous, but we have to go do this in order to get to the next step. And as I already kind of mentioned, like with with Riker stepping up in a moment where he didn't have to, um, you know, facing his mortality one more time, and even Jordy taking on a huge personal slash professional risk. Uh, himself, that's that's a, a decision that he was able to make, and and that was the right decision uh, for this. And I would even say, in a little bit here, and, and it's not front and center, but you could even look at Shaw a little bit too. Shaw is not interfering with the decisions being made on his ship. He is, I think, realizing that you have a Titan in Picard, you have Riker also here. Um, and he's allowing them to kind of make the command decisions for the ship. He's not giving a yes or no on these. Um, so while that's not necessarily showing the strongest of character or the most um, initiative or buy-in, it is not throwing a cog in the plan, which in and of itself uh, allows the the gears to move a little bit better. So I'll give it a command. I'll give it an operation. I'm not really comfortable hundred percent with doing the science side. Sure. Sure. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's move on to the, uh, the rating, <clears throat> the numerical rating for this episode. So a uh, scale of one to 10, one being a dumpster fire, 10 being absolutely amazing. Let's, uh, let's talk about this. And Eric, I'll have you go, uh, last so you can, uh, talk about you know last week's rating and uh, this week's rating um, at the same time. Okay. Okay. Um, and since uh, uh, the lieutenant commander David was you know so eloquent in his speech, and I want to let his uh, his mouth rest for just a just a moment, I'll go ahead and and knock out my rating. And is that a polite way of telling me to shut up, Chase? <laughs> Captain's prerogative <laughs> on that one, my dude. <laughs> All right, so. I love the mess out of this episode. I love the mess out of it. Um, we had a table that we sat around that we talked and we, we got to share ideas on how to do some things. We got to have like a nostalgia trip. We got to um, go do some cloak and dagger stuff. We got to do some smart stuff, some not so smart stuff. It, there was like some good messages. There was like some warmth to it. Um, we are continuing to see character development and I like the comment that was made um, you know earlier in our discussion about like it doesn't you know Picard isn't the one that has to say all the things but it does connect back to him either directly or indirectly 
um, which I think is appropriate. And by the way, we've gotten like the whole gang back together. Whether that that person at the very end is Changeling Troy or it's the genuine article, everyone's back in this episode. Everyone's there, which was fantastic. I um, I laughed. I'm not I'm not trying to like sound funny or cliche or anything, but I did laugh. I did cry in this episode. I was literally on the edge of my seat at different moments watching this episode. Um, this is an episode that I can see myself watching many a time. Um, you know, like maybe not as much as I watched like Times Arrow um, Part One and Two, for instance. But this is an episode I could see myself coming back to to watch. And um, this might be shock, um, but I really like the direction that this this is taking us and I feel like we are really starting to move and we're like I mean we got to get past like the the data thing and like what is hidden within that positronic synth body of his um, but I kind of like it that there might be something to do with um, a Picard corpse as dark as that might be um Love the mess out of this. I really enjoyed this episode. And uh, I'm just going to say it. I might change it when we do the retrospective. I don't know. But uh, 9.5. So, David, what do you think? Okay. So, I mean, I, I also enjoyed the episode quite a lot. Um. Like I kind of said earlier, I mean the 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 mood of the show is so much more relaxed. Mm-hmm. You know, you can tell when a you know a cast is comfortable with each other, and it, it makes an impact on the quality of the show. You know, we're we're not just throwing out all of this stuff. We're we're making gen, genuine likable moments between characters even if they're as silly as naming ships uh, on a pad you know doing Mm -hmm. a little show and tell um so for that you know i I gotta give the show a tip of the cap because it's been it's been a struggle at at times for for some shows to to hit that right and it's not just star trek it's any it's any show Mm -hmm. it's it's tough um but you know, I think the moments with Jordy uh, and his daughters were were very, very well done. I, you know, I, I think we're dealing with a lot of very centralized themes uh, to for people when they get older. You know, we're dealing with mortality. We're dealing with the end of the road. We're dealing with trying to pass on to the next generation, and we're all running into each other realizing that we're all doing the exact same thing and that and that's all every anybody does it doesn't really matter we're all running the same race and it's the same themes so when you're you know when Picard he's he's now meeting his son and then oh my god he's got the same disease as I have but he's like hallucinating and he's having you know kung fu attacks like he's jacked in the matrix with morpheus but it's fine um, and then you have Jordy genuinely worrying about his daughter's 
but also sort of misunderstanding that they also have to be their own people. And it's like, do you remember being young? Do you remember risking your life, putting it all on the line every day to do the same thing? You're the one who fixed it. I'm the one who flies it. Um, I, I'm, I'm really liking, I'm, I'm really liking Sydney a lot, like a lot. Um, and I, you know what? I like Jack too. Mm-hmm. I, I like I like him a lot too. Uh, so, you know, you're building original characters that I'm that I'm caring uh, about. Um, so that that again that that gives it points. Now, just to the plot, uh, there are holes, but there there have always been holes. You could talk about the original series, Next Gen, DS9, Voyager. There are holes. And that's fine. I don't want to nitpick them too much, but we're on a podcast that nitpicks, so you know it's just it's natural fine. to to do it. But I, I think that I think that despite that, it, I, I'm really really looking forward to to what the story is going to culminate in. I'm not worrying so much about is this setup episode going to be worth the punch in the next episode? I'm Mm -hmm. just enjoying the ride, which is something I haven't really been able to do very much of lately. Um, so very, very, very good. I think we're, we're, we're still honoring a lot of the themes of, of star Trek while still doing a, just a, a giant season long arc. Um, so I, I'm I'm gonna be up there too. I'm not quite sure about a nine point five. Um, I was coming into this being slightly better than No Win Scenario, which was a nine point one. I'm gonna sort of split the difference here a little bit and give it a nine point three. Okay, sounds good, Commander Eric. Yo, um. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm I'm listening to to you guys talk and I'm listening to you give these ratings and and I'm hearing what you're saying and I'm understanding it but I think I think we're off like I th- I think we're off here because I I don't I I think I think No Win Scenario was a better episode than this episode I really do I thought it it was offered more of what made Star Trek Star Trek in the sense that we're using science right to solve a problem right we're in a predicament how do we use science right to to solve that problem and and we're harnessing the power of the wave and we're getting us out of a situation i thought that felt more like classic star trekky if that makes sense um i like the story i i feel like we are finally getting somewhere Right, even though I know we say we still have questions, like what's going on, what do we want, but like you can't give us all the answers at once. I understand. I know we like I want to know, but you can't give us all the answers at once. Um, so you know, you, we've gone on spy missions before, right? That's that's a Star Trek thing. Riker's done that plenty of times. For sure. Um, For sure. Picard's done that, right? Data's done that. We've all done that. <clears throat> So, you know, Spy and, you know, great episode of the original series with, uh, you know, the uh, Enterprise incident. Kurt goes on a spy mission, right? To steal a Romulan cloaking device. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, so so I liked it. And and I thought, you know, we do finally have we have all seven. We have all seven principles here in this episode. We got the band back together. Right. Yeah, we did. Um, So that was good to see. but I, I just I don't to me I don't know if there was a pow, as powerful of a moment in this episode 
as we've had in either the last two episodes, right? Like last week, Rolaren and Picard having their confrontation was like a powerful moment for me. Um, two weeks ago, when um, Jonathan Frakes just crushed it, you know, uh, being being Will, Captain Will Riker and, you know, confronting Picard, you know, hey, you know, maybe I was wrong about telling you to move off the bridge and, and all these things. So I don't think this episode had that moment, not for me. So, so I think because it's lacking that, I'm not going like, to rate it as highly as I did either the last two weeks' episodes. So if I'm looking at No Win Scenario, which I gave an 8.82, I think I would give Imposter like an 8.6. And this one goes down a little bit lower than that for me. And I came in with 8.3 in mind was what I came in with. But I think I'll go up to 8.4. Which you know we're I think that we're off right, but that's fine. We don't have to be all in agreement. Sweet, sweet, sweet. So, um, <clears throat> but so our our scores for this episode were um, eight point four, nine point three, and nine point five, which gives us an overall episode rating of um, we'll just call it a nine point one. Nine point one. Has uh, anyone checked uh, IMDb? Uh, I did earlier today. Okay. And uh, it was pretty high. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, I can bring it back up right here. I'm, That's I'm right it's there. okay. We're 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 running. No. Nine point two. As of right now. Okay. Oh, there we go. There we go. With three hundred and fifty-nine votes. <laughs> so many votes. Oh. 359 <laughs> Eric <laughs> Eric do you want to uh, let me ask you a very important question mm-hmm. do you want to get to the most important part of the show sure do alright let's go to the twitter poll twitter poll alright guys I know we're running we're running um, kind of late on this um, or long not late but long on this um, episode um, here's the question that I asked if there was a um, Star Trek Villains Museum, which of the following would you be most interested to see? So just imagine there's a Star Trek Villains Museum. Which of the following items would you be most interested to see? Choices are a Gorn skeleton, a Borg Queen skull, General Chang's uniform, or a Section 31 com badge. What was the second one again? So we got Gorn Skeleton, Borg Queen Skull, General Chang's Uniform, or Section 31 Combat. I'm going to go with the Borg Queen. I think that's the answer to this question. All right. Yeah, I think that is probably the answer, although just to be contrary, uh, let's just go with General Chang's Uniform. Yeah, man, let's do it. All right, let's go to the results. <clears throat> this is going to go by real quick. So we have a tie for last place. 0% of the vote. We have Section 31 Combat. And no one wants to see it. No one wants to see General Chang's uniform. 
Sad day, sad day. All right. So our runner-up. Our runner-up in this important poll about a villain's museum with one-third of the vote. Gorn Skeleton, which means our winner with two-thirds of the vote, 66.7% of the vote, goes to a Borg Queen Skull. There we go. There we go. Uh, thought so. Yeah. Well, that that is it, gang. Uh, we only have four more episodes of um, this final season of Picard. And um, there's no news yet that I've heard um, in terms of like the next um, Star Trek show that's going to air, which I would think would be coming out pretty soon. Like I know we're I know like season two of Strange New Worlds is done. Um and I mean I would expect I mean, lower decks to be the be, summer. It's not gonna be lower decks or prodigy, those are fall shows. Yeah, summer and fall, yeah. And we know we know Discovery is next year. Because of reshoots. Yep. Doing January. <laughs> reshoots. <laughs> so. Make that thing better. Woo. Shots fired. Shots fired. All right. Well, that, no, th- no, it wasn't. It's got to. They got to end it, right? They got to do reshoots to make it an ending. They do, yeah. Well, that is it, everyone. Uh, we'll be back next time to talk about um, the uh, seventh episode of this uh, this uh, season. So, um, guys, as always, thank you so much for talking Trek with me. Uh, to everyone out there in listener land, you know, what do you think? Um, do you um, rate it high like David and I did, or are you more um, in Eric's camp? where this was more of like an eight or maybe even lower than an eight. I don't know. Loved to, um, we'd love to know um, what your thoughts were on this particular episode. Uh, make sure you head over to trtvpod.com uh, where you can learn more about us. You can also uh, listen to recent episodes um, as well as share your thoughts on um, current episodes um, and even ideas for future shows. Um, other than that, um, you know, if you just want to send us an email, you can do that trtvpod at gmail.com you can also send us a voice only transmission 817-752-4757 remember there's a three minute limit before the cloak breaks so yeah don't don't catch us with our pants down basically um other than that if you want to mail us something you know like i don't know a holographic crow i don't have a hollow emitter so it's gonna be kind of weird but you can send it i guess lone star station p.o box 2455 azel texas 76098 Everyone, thank you so much for tuning in, and as always, remember to boldly go and make it so.